We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark, pastor at Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis, and you're listening to Wrestling with the Basics. Pastor Elkomsky is running a little late today, uh, but he left me the phone number, at least, of someone who could fill in until he arrives. I'm a little concerned because he told me he had somebody lined up, but he was sorry he couldn't do any better. So anyway, I have the phone number, and I guess whoever it is, uh, we'll be expecting a uh, we'll be we'll be expecting our call. Uh, so here goes nothing. Hello, uh, this is Pastor Matt Clark on Wrestling with the Basics. Yeah, yeah, this is Sparky the Pentecost Pigeon. What? <laughs> well, what's the matter? You deaf? I said I'm Sparky the Pentecost Pigeon. Uh, I'm sorry, I heard you the first time. I'm just wondering, what is a Pentecost pigeon? Well, I'm I'm one of those beloved children's fairy tale characters that over the years has become associated with a major Christian holiday. You mean like Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny? Yeah, I wish. So what is your tradition exactly? Well, tradition has it that on Pentecost Eve, I fly over the houses delivering toys to all the good boys and girls who believe in me. Uh, that sounds a lot like Santa Claus. No, no, no. He has a, a, a different gig entirely. I mean, how many presents does Santa bring? One, two, maybe three. Sparky, the Pentecost pigeon, always brings seven. The seven gifts of Sparky, the Pentecost pigeon, huh? I'm afraid this is all a little hard for me to believe. <laughs> What's the matter? You believe in a fat guy and eight tiny reindeer can fly over houses delivering presents, and I can't? At least I have wings. <laughs> it's not that. I'm just not so sure why we need a beloved fairy tale character to help us celebrate Pentecost. Where did you come from anyway? Oh, I was the brainchild of some smart Madison Avenue advertising executive. The pitch went like this. Retailers make two-thirds of their sales at Christmas time. There's buku money to be made with Easter baskets and candy. Why not boost early summer merchandising with a little Pentecost madness? It sounded like a great idea on the drawing board. After all, you would have seven times the sales at Christmas with Sparky's seven gifts. <laughs> but that's my concern. It's all about the money. I don't want to sound like a screwed Sparky, but all these things just distract from the true meaning of the holidays. I really don't think we need a Santa Claus or a Easter Bunny, and I'm sure we don't need Sparky the Pentecost Pigeon. After all, Jesus is the reason for these seasons. Well, well, look, at least I try to fit in with the biblical story. I mean, what does a bunny that lays eggs have to do with Easter? At least I've got some ties to the actual event of Pentecost. I mean, the Spirit gives seven gifts. Spocky gives seven gifts. 
In the Bible, the spirit appears as a bird. Sparky is a bird. Okay, just because you have some artificial similarities to the scripture doesn't mean you're biblical. Anyway, when we picture the spirit, we usually think of a dove, not a pigeon. Dove, pigeon, what difference does it make? We're both just big rats with wings. <laughs> well, boy, it seems like you have some self-esteem issues there, Sparky. Well, 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 wouldn't you? Every Christmas, you can't turn on the radio or the TV without hearing something about Santa and his little elves. Wait, one of his reindeer even has his own song. And, of course, every Easter, it's the Easter bunny hopping down the bunny trail. But come Pentecost, there's nary a word about Sparky the Pentecost Pigeon. Not even one stupid television special voiced by beloved Burl Ives. Why, even that stupid groundhog gets more coverage than me. Well, that, that really is tough, being the forgotten holiday character. You can say that again. Every Christmas at the mall, little kids get to sit on Santa's lap. Every Easter, they cuddle up on the Easter Bunny. But does anybody ever sit on Sparky's lap? I didn't realize how hard it must be for you. D do you want to sit on my lap? Well, no, actually not. Yeah, I I figured as much. Yeah, you're no different than the rest. Look, I'm sorry, Sparky. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Trust me, it is nothing personal. I'm just a little old to be sitting on laps, whether it's yours, Santa's, or the Easter Bunnies. Yeah, what do you care? No, Sparky, look, I understand. You're feeling a little left out. But like I said, don't take it personal. What, what, what do you mean? Look, I'm, I'm sure if kids got to know you, they would love to sit on your lap. I suspect you're probably a wonderful make-believe character. Uh, but beloved, even? Beloved, even. It's just that you've got yourself attached to, well, bad holiday. It's not that there's something wrong with you. It's just that people don't celebrate Pentecost that much anymore. It's not you. It's the holiday. Hey, 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 wait a second. When I signed up for this gig, they told me Pentecost was the biggest Christian holiday there is. Well, it used to be a big holiday. It was the first Christian festival ever celebrated. But times have changed, Sparky. It's unfortunate, but Christmas and Easter have pretty well replaced Pentecost as the key feasts of the church here. So what happened? Well, a lot of things. Much of it probably just has to do with timing. A Pentecost falls later in the year. By the time it rolls around, the kids are out of school, vacations have started. There's just not a lot of people around to celebrate. And while it's a shame that Pentecost has kind of taken the back burner to Christmas and Easter, in some ways, well, it's appropriate. What 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 are you what are you talking about? What do you the, the spirit was never the flashy person in the Trinity. It is the nature, his nature to always stay in the background. Oh, not flashy. What about all that stuff that happened uh, on the first Pentecost? A sound like a mighty wind, tongues like fire, and, and the disciples miraculously speaking in a myriad of foreign language? That sounds flashy to me. You know, you're pretty knowledgeable for an imaginary childhood fiction. 
Well, when you only work one day a week uh, or a year, really, you got a lot of time to read. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. You're right. All of those things that happened the first Pentecost were pretty flashy, but they all served a specific purpose that first Pentecost. As the Bible says, the sound of the mighty wind brought all the people into the temple together in one place. The tongues of fire drew the crowd's attention to the disciples who were in the midst of that multitude. And finally, the foreign languages allowed these apostles to speak so that all would hear the mighty works of God in their own tongues. You, you see, it wasn't the Spirit's desire to be flashy, but rather that everyone would hear the truth that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, that that actually sounds pretty exciting. Uh, so why isn't Pentecost a really big deal today? It should be. And people are working really hard in the church to try to reinforce its importance. On the other hand, I'm sure the fact that, well, Christmas and Easter continue to be important does please the Holy Spirit. <laughs> well, <laughs> it wouldn't please me. Why Why would that be? You'd think the Holy Spirit would be angry with people about forgetting his special day. Well, not really, Sparky, for it wasn't his special day. When you get to the meat of that Pentecost day, which is the sermon that Peter preached, you'll find the Spirit hardly mentioned at all. Uh, the focus of the whole sermon is about Jesus Christ and his forgiveness. That's really what the Spirit wants to do anyway. Keep the focus on Jesus and what he has done for us. And by doing that, the Spirit brought some 3,000 to faith that day. All right, let, let me get this straight. So the Spirit doesn't want to make any big to-do about himself. He just points us to Jesus Christ? That's exactly right, Sparky. In fact, that's what Jesus said. I will send you the Spirit, he promised, and he will give you the things that are mine. So you see, Sparky, it's nothing personal. It's nothing to do with you, I'm sure. You've just associated yourself with the wrong holiday. Uh, gee, thanks. Uh, so basically what you're telling me is I'm an out-of-work, washed-up, mythical character. Well, not necessarily. Uh, not all mythical characters have to have their own holiday. A lot of other fabled fairy tale creatures have gone to successful careers, uh, being spokesperson for all kinds of other industries. Uh, like what? Well, there's Paul Bunyan. Everyone knows Paul Bunyan. He started out as an advertising gimmick for the furniture industry. And there's the Jolly Green Giant. He made a big hit promoting vegetables. Ho, ho, ho. And just what product do you think an eight-foot pigeon can endorse? Well, I'm sure there's something. Let's see. You're a bird. Uh, maybe you could be a spokesperson for KFC. Hey, bright, bright guy, it's, it's Kentucky Fried Chicken, not Kentucky Fried Pigeon. Well, maybe it could be one of those reverse psychology advertisements like Charlie the Tuna. Oh, sure, sure. The, the colonel wants pigeons that taste good, not pigeons with good taste. Are you are you out of your mind? All right, so maybe it wasn't a good idea. But your negativity doesn't help. I'm sure there has to be something out there. Wait a second. Why am I arguing with you about this? You're just a mythical character. You don't even exist. You don't have to worry about having a job. Oh, 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 oh you don't believe in me, huh? Of course I don't. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs>
Well, I only told you half of the tradition of Spocky the Pentecost Pigeon. Half the tradition? Yeah, that's right. To the good boys who believe in me, I leave toys. But to the boys who don't believe in me, I fly over and leave uh, another kind of gift. In fact, I'm going to leave seven of them just for you, right on your windshield, buddy. Goodbye. Well, I guess I better leave my hat on when I go outside. Hey, hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. How, how, Hi, John. How, oh, Pastor yeah, John, John Lukomsky. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Welcome. Well, I'm sorry. I was running. How, did everything go all right I, with uh, Sparky the Pentecost Pigeon? It went okay. I'm not so sure it's going to go well later today, though, from uh, Sparky's warning at the end of our talk together. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you should keep your car in the garage. Do you have <laughs> a garage? Right about that. You probably should do that. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Matt. <laughs> I'm a little worried about Sparky, John. I don't know. <laughs> well, There's something not right with that guy. <laughs> I well, I didn't know what to do. I couldn't get anybody else at a last minute. You know. I understand. So, uh, I understand. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, yeah. This is uh, wrestling with the basics. I think you said told people that at the beginning. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, we I thought we'd have a little fun. We haven't done anything crazy like that for a while, and we were talking about how we could promote Pentecost. Um, and, but now I'd like to turn to a more serious subject, if, if we could do that, Matt. Having gone from the uh, uh, silly, uh, I'd like to take a few minutes and talk about the serious, if we could. You bet. Um, that was fun, John, and it was, was teaching it too. So I mean, there was a, there was a point to it, right? And, you know, <laughs> there we, was we, a point. We, we want to take God's word seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. And I <laughs> I appreciate that about you and Sparky. So, so that well, was good. Good, good. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope someone learned something from Sparky. If nothing else, you should keep your car in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> I think we learned plenty from Sparky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so the, the other subject I'd like to pick up in, in the minutes that we have left here, just a quick thought. Uh, relative truth. You, you know about relative truth, don't you, Matt? Okay, so what's that? What's yeah, it's kind of the idea that uh, you know it's subjective. I suppose that you know the uh, the truth isn't that um, objective. It's not that final. It's not that clear. It can change based on someone's opinion. And and of course, when when we hear and that's a very popular philosophy. They tell me that truth is relative. And of course, as Christians, when we hear that, we all get up in arms. Truth isn't relative. But but I'd like to su su suggest maybe a little more sophisticated response to that particular philosophy than just saying, "Oh, we, we don't believe in that." Because okay. I had a, I, well, I had a couple of thoughts. First of all, I'm not so sure if relative truth is our problem anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. it, well, because I don't know if anyone really ever believed in relative truth. I, I think the belief was your truth is relative. But mine isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and I think we're seeing that very dramatically in our country because right now our nation seems to be divided, and, and we're at uh, you know pulls apart. Any any issue, you got one guy on one side and the other guy on the other side, and and no compromise, no meeting, because of course no truth isn't relative. At least when it's it's my truth we're talking about. Uh, and, and I think there's a reason for that. And if you wouldn't, have you got your Bible handy there, Matt? I've got it handy. Always, John, always. I know. I, that's why you're reliable. Uh, uh, so if you could read like just the first verse, our, our verse, uh, first John, that's it. First John 5, verse 9. 
I would be happy to. First uh, John 5, verse 9. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he is born concerning his son. So, so John points out to us the reason you, the, you've got this problem with truth being relative is because there are two different kinds of testimony. And, 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 uh, and, and Matt, what are the two different kinds of testimony there? So, yeah, <laughs> men or God, that's it. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and it's interesting, but, but I, I, you know, I saw that word testimony, and, and so I checked it out in the original language, and, and the word there is Mark. Turia, I think is how you pronounce it, mm -hmm. from which we get the word martyr and from which we get the word witness. witness In fact, yeah. that's usually usually how that word is translated. Uh, Jesus sends his disciples out to be witnesses to the end of the earth. Uh, when they're trying to pick out Matthias, we just had this text a few weeks ago. They needed someone who was a witness to Jesus' resurrection. Uh, and of course, testimony then would be the uh, the noun form, noun form of the verb, man, aren't I smart? I think, whatever. Yeah, a testimony is what a witness gives, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. But but the thing is, is a witness is supposed to tell you what he's seen. See, that's what a witness yeah. does. He doesn't give you his opinion. He doesn't tell you what he thinks. But mm -hmm. he, and, and it occurred to me, that's why there's so many variations in the truth when it comes to men, because everybody sees different things. Um, I went to my cardiologist a few weeks ago, and she was all up in arms uh, about uh, COVID. In fact, she literally is the poster person for COVID vaccinations there at St. Elizabeth's Hospital over there in Belleville, Illinois, because she was the first in line <laughs> to get her uh, vaccination. And so she got her picture there. <laughs> On the poster. <laughs> Uh, and, and I could see why that was a big concern and why she was first in line, because she's experienced COVID firsthand. Uh, she told me some really touching stories uh, about a fellow who'd never been in the hospital. In fact, he wasn't he wasn't her uh, her patient. His wife was was uh, her patient. And, and this guy had never been in the hospital, never had any illness. And she sees him in the hospital room because he's come down with COVID. And, and he dies. He dies within oh. just a few months. Or, or the other one that really, really bothered, she had another patient that they had done open heart surgery on, and the gal had got through the open heart surgery, and she was doing good. She was recovering uh, just like, you know, I did. But then one of her family members brought COVID home, and it wasn't more than a few weeks, and she passed away. Oh, what a shame. I hate to hear that. <laughs> Yeah. So, so for her, that's a really big, important COVID vaccinations. On the other hand, a, a month or so ago, I was uh, preaching at some of the small rural parishes out here in Illinois. And of course, I'm talking because, you know, it's a concern to me because I had a heart attack and I'm high risk. So I was talking to them. Uh, uh, have you been vaccinated? Are you concerned? And, and most of them weren't. And I realized the reason they weren't because they'd never heard of anybody having COVID. They'd never heard anyone dying from mm -hmm. COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, small rural community was just no no big deal to them. And, and so that's the problem. See, we, we make our uh, testimony on the basis of what we've seen, and, and people are seeing a lot of different things. However, here's the thing about the testimony of God. <laughs> what, what, what kind of things has God seen, Matt? <laughs> what hasn't he seen, right? <laughs> Maybe that's easier to answer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I would say God's omniscient, right? He knows all, sees all. You bet. And, and so, so here's the thing. I think we ne need to recognize that truth is relative, especially when it's the truth of man. 
uh, our testimony is going to be all over the place because yeah. it just depends upon what experience we had. But that's why when we come to the Word of God, it's a whole different truth we're dealing with there because we're getting the Word from someone who, and thank you for using that big theological term because it's perfect here. He's omniscient, which means he knows everything. Uh, and therefore, whatever he says is not going to be uh, relative, but it will be based upon the fact that he is God and he knows it all. And here's what I found interesting, is that God sometimes is relative too, isn't he, Matt? Uh, can, you, can you give me some examples from the Bible where God said one thing and then a little later he said a different thing, or maybe he said both things are all right? You got any examples of that, Matt? Sure. Well, the one thing that comes to my mind right away is just uh, when you know, when uh, Abraham's per- per- petitioning God, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Concerning Sodom and Gomorrah. And, oh, yeah. Know, uh, petitioning God in prayer and asking him to please spare the city, uh, depending on how many people are there. And, and progressively, he kind of talks God down, at least it looks like, <laughs> to a lower and lower number of people. Yeah, and so that's a perfect example where, where it was one thing, but on the other end, for the sake of what was it, 10, I think is where Abraham yeah, finally got, up. he would have spared the city. Uh, I, I'm thinking of uh, circumcision. Uh, you know, Paul actually has his protege, Timothy, circumcised, but but later on, Paul says, no, 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 I, I mean, you can do circumcision, but but you cannot make it a requirement. In fact, he says, look, I, Paul, say to you, if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you from Galatians 5. Uh, you and I talked about the whole deal about whether you should eat meat offered to idols. And again, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Uh, Colossians 2, also that passage where Paul is talking about things that at one point were demanded, that you honor the Sabbath. But Paul says, well, now that's just a shadow of things to come. Don't let anyone judge you by these things. So even God, <laughs> ironically, can, can be—and uh, uh, and you know why? You know why— Sometimes you 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 celebrate uh, uh, circumcision. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you do eat meat, and sometimes you don't. What what what's the distinguishing thing there? Do you know, Matt? Yeah, the neighbor. I think you know the. Well, how does this affect your neighbor? How does this show love and care for your neighbor? Um, and how does this point your neighbor to you know, ultimately to Christ? I would say. Yeah, and so in Galatians 5, Paul says, For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, for through love serve one another, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So that, you're right, that's always, always the big concern, is what we're doing, the loving thing to do, and yeah, surprisingly, uh, you know, obviously you can't go around breaking the Ten Commandments. <laughs> okay. Uh, but those are pretty well set in stone, aren't they? Yeah, literally, but, yeah. Yeah, literally. Uh, but outside of that, when we're coming to decide what to do or not to do, it, it can be a relative thing uh, based upon how we uh, love the neighbor. But I want to close with one final thought because there is one thing that is never relative and is never open to discussion. I want to go back to that 1 John 5 passage again, where he talked about the testimony of men and the testimony of God. Uh, If you could read verse 11, because he tells us quite clearly what the testimony of God is that is not relative, but will always be true. So So John, John writes, And this is the testimony, that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. 
So I hope all of our listeners remember that there is one truth that is not relative, will never be relative, and that is that simple fact that uh, you and I are going to have eternal life because God gives it to us. And if you have any question about how he gave that to us, well, as it says, uh, this life is in his son. So, uh, well, Matt, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share some silliness and also some seriousness. Uh, You got any closing comments here as we wrap up? No, I just love those words. That if we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. And you know, the greatest testimony is, like you said, that eternal life in his son. Well, we thank everyone for turning in today, and we hope you enjoyed Sparking the Pentecost Pigeon. This has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, basics. the Basics.